previously on Gotta Get Up featuring Jackie Powell. I was noticing that the screening angles were just, they weren't creating a lot of resistance at all. I wasn't seeing it. But this week, this week, Kayla Thornton and Brianna Stewart were setting screens that were effective. They were setting screens on different angles. They were setting screens that were able to get resistance on the players that were chasing Maureen Johannes around. She doesn't need a ton, a ton of space because she can create herself, but she needs just a little so she has an edge on her defender. Another reason that I wanted to have you on the show is because I know that you followed a little of what's going on with Maureen and her national team. And um, what impact from the, from the research that you've done, um, and can you walk us through that a little bit, but in what ways do you think what has happened um, with the national team maybe has impacted a little bit of what we see with Marine now? Get up. Hey, women's basketball fans, welcome to Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans brought to you by Black Rosie Media and hosted by Erica L. Ayala. Hello, New York Liberty fans. We are back with a very special episode of Gotta Get Up, a podcast for you, New York Liberty fans, as a part of Black Rosie Media. And I am joined with Jackie Powell, my old colleague and dear friend, and we are here to talk about the New York Liberty. Jackie, how are you today? I am well, Erica. Thank you for having me on. I'm honored and I am always down to talk some MJ. Part two, improved screen actions. Why would that make a difference for a player like Maureen Johannes? And you kind of alluded to it. And this is where I want to get a little bit deeper in. So why would that spacing? Because we know that Maureen Johannes, very similarly to Sabrina Ionescu, um, Diana Taurasi, right? These elite scorers that have a quick release. Maureen Johannes has a quick release. We know that she will shoot. They call her the magician for a reason, right? Between passing and shooting, she's going to let that thing fly, as Katie Smith would say. But so then with a player that can be that dynamic, Jackie, what is it about Maureen's game then that you think when we get back to the screens and why maybe the Liberty have focused on that? Why would that make a difference for Maureen Johannes comparative to Sabrina Ionescu or quite honestly, even Courtney Vandersloot? I'm curious to get your answer because I, I think I know what my answer would be, but I want to start with you. Why do you think it makes a difference, the screens that are set for Maureen versus other guards on the Liberty? I think it's because of the movement. I mean, I don't know if if that's correct, but when you think about Courtney Vandersloot, when you think of Sabrina and how they shoot, it's a lot of, there's a lot of catch and shoot. There's a lot of stationary shooting. Um, there isn't like this constant movement. Like Marine's game is very fluid. It like, she sort of flows around like water. Like, um, I'm trying to think there's some sort of, there must be some sort of superhero in some comic book where it's like this <laughs> hero that sort of just like flows yeah. around. Um, yeah, it's like Tai Chi basketball, right? You know, <laughs> it's like, um, I love the fluidity. I think you're absolutely right. With that fluidity, though, the sharpness and the hardness that quite honestly, Vandersloot 
and even Sabrina bring because I think what we've seen against uh, Sabrina Ionescu versus Kelsey Plum, particularly Plum guarding Ionescu, is that we forget how strong Sabrina is. She has a very strong lower body in particular. Yep. Um, and she anchors herself very well. Um, and where I don't think her first step is as fluid um, as Marine, and I don't think it's as quick as Courtney Vandersloot, she makes that up in how she can anchor her body. Um, and there's more start stop, right? To Sabrina, it literally, like you'll see her start stop. Um, but that's effective for her, her movement. That's not Marine's movement. Nope. And so if a screen isn't going to allow her to completely clear yep. and give her that space, that's going to impact the decisions from my vantage point that will impact the decisions that Marine makes. Is she confident if she's bumped either by a teammate or by the defense, is she going to feel confident to shoot that ball? I would argue that she's more likely to, if any contact is made to look to pass than to shoot because of, like you said, the motion that she brings. Absolutely. And I think she's also getting a sense of when, so it's, it's the Liberty players and Stewie and, and Kayla Thornton giving a little bit in their screening, but it's also about Maureen looking at how Stewie moves and thinking, okay, Stewie is, is going to sort of yes. flip the screen in this way. Let's pick and pop Correct. here. So Maureen is giving as well. And it's interesting because there's a there's a play in particular that I remember from that Minnesota game where Maureen did not get enough resistance off that screen or enough space. And what happened? She was switched on to Diamond Miller, 6-3 Diamond Miller. And it was like, oh, my God. And then you sort of look. Yeah. Retreat, retreat. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but what happened against Vegas this week was, okay, and against Phoenix. All right. So then Maureen is switched on to uh, or Brianna Turner was switched on to Marine. Kia Stokes switched on to Marine. These are two post players that are longer. You know, they, I think they're also 6'3", like Diamond Miller. But the difference was there was a little bit more space that she got following that switch. And so Marine was able to exploit that because, okay, these are, these are slower players I can sort of do a little step back. I can dribble to the side. I can fake this person out. Against Brianna Turner, there was there was a wild play where Sandy Brondello, she did one of her big like fist pumps. And in, in the Phoenix game, what happened was Steph and Maureen went into the two-player action, two-player game. And what ends up happening is Turner and Tarasi switch. And so then you have uh, Tarasi is is guarding Dolson. Obviously, it's like, oh, okay, Dolson is many inches taller than Tarasi. You know, Steph <laughs> post up. So what happens is Maureen passes it to Steph. Steph, what Steph does, she's she's very instinctual when it comes to moving players around and how to collapse defenses. So Steph dribbles it a couple of times, and she's making it seem like, okay, yes, I'm going to try to back down Diana Taurasi, although that's not what she's actually thinking she's going to do. But she she puts some penetration um, 
on potentially the the block. She doesn't get there completely. But what ends up happening is Brianna Turner, you know, she starts to to drift a little over to to Dolson because uh oh, what's going to happen? Oh, so Maureen is just beyond the three-point line with much more space. And so Dolson sees that Turner is creeping toward her, passes it back to Maureen. Maureen catches the ball, puts her feet on the ground, shoots immediately. Bang. Bang! And that is the beauty of the fluidity of Maureen Johannes. She's getting more awareness. I mean, again, Bonagelini has that as well. She plays a different role. She plays a more physical role on the Liberty than, than Maureen Johannes. And that's what, and you know, we have this on our lineup that we've, that I have been, you know, somewhat effective in keeping us on task. But one of the questions then is what is the in-season evolution for Maureen Johannes? And for me, the in-season evolution, I don't think this year is forcing her to play on the ball more, forcing her to play that facilitation. That's maybe next season or the season after that with the Liberty. We, I think the Liberty have time. I don't think it's an immediate need, but it's intermediate for me. So the in-season adjustment that I would like to see Marine make. And some of it, as you said, has come through the screening, which I love that you mentioned that, but is to get more comfortable with the physical play that is inevitable, not just in the WNBA, or you could argue the North American style, but is inevitable when you are a top two team (laughs) in the league. People are going to bump everyone on that Liberty roster off the ball as much as possible. And Marine's next evolution for me is being confident in her decision-making when she does attract a mismatch, when the other team is looking to trap. Um, And like you said, not every screen is going to be executed to perfection. So if she doesn't have that space, can Marine Johannes at minimum uh, reset the offense as opposed to just try to get that ball out of her hands right away? And sometimes when you do that as a player, um, it's because you're like, I see something happening. This could lose us a possession. Let me get it to someone who I know can make the right decision. Marine has to find ways to be that player more often than not. And, and that is not because there aren't other players, but again, those other players, especially as we march towards the playoffs, they're going to be covered very effectively by defenses. And so, so Marine is going to have to just get a little more comfortable, a little bit more confident and being able to, um, and it's, it's crazy because her game is that fluidity, right? But maybe she has to learn a little more of that start-stop that Sabrina has, which I think, again, is a very aggressive kind of lurching motion comparative to the fluidity of Maureen Johannes. And then you have Courtney Vandersloot that's somewhere in the middle. But what would you say, Jackie? What are some of the in-season adjustments that you've seen for Maureen? And we've talked about that a little bit. But just to recap that, where where have you seen the growth? And what is next for her for this season for the New York Liberty? 
So I'll start with the latter first. I think the next thing for her is continue to play like she's a sixth woman of the year and or sixth player mm-hmm. of the year rather. And the sixth player of the year race is so strange. Um, but that's a whole mm. other discussion. But just this I have to have you back to talk about that for award season. Oh, <laughs> But just this this mindset and this mentality of when she gets onto the floor, she is she is gonna wreck havoc. She is gonna make Becky Hammond like Becky Hammond's jaw drop. Like there was a meme on the internet where Maureen shot she something Maureen did over Kelsey Plum, and you could see Becky Hammond in the background. She was just like, like. Maureen, she's like, have you seen the shots? I don't have a, I don't have defense for that. <laughs> well, Becky's also called her lightning in a bottle, which is fun too. But um, yeah. Maureen needs to to continue to sort of come off the bench with this mentality of, I'm going to make some things happen. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to play my game, and my teammates are going to they're going to trust me. It's her having that confidence to know that she belongs on this team. And I think starting with that Commissioner's Cup performance, I think she reminded herself. I think her teammates knew that she belonged. But I think she did, She was doubting that she didn't belong on this team. And so I think she reminded herself, like, yo, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. And so what I would like for her to continue to do is – to continue being herself and to continue being aggressive in her way while also being a good communicator on defense. Yes. There have been some fascinating plays that I saw in that Phoenix game where Maureen was communicating with some of her teammates defensively. There was a play where she and Benijah switched maybe twice and they both pointed. You could see... Benajah goes to Marine. Okay, let's switch. Then they switch. Then Marine goes to Benajah. Okay, let's switch again. So Marine being aggressive and being confident, that also has to happen on the defensive end. And that also has to happen from, you know, she needs to, to communicate a little bit better. Part of the unfortunate thing with Steph Dolson being gone for so long is that Steph Dolson is a really good communicator on the floor. Marine is this very humble, quiet human being. And you sort of see that happen during press conferences. She can't, she can't even admit to us that she had a great game. She's like, "Mm, I think I was okay. Yeah, I I did okay. (laughs) I was okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, I think you might think, one might think that Marina is a little younger than she is, but I mean, her and Stewie, right, are, they're about the same age. Or 28. Um, and so, yeah. And so what I think is fascinating is that we're really talking about um, Maureen Johannes not just getting comfortable with the WNBA, not just getting comfortable with the New York Liberty, which are all things that I think will continue to be a part of her, her process. But Maureen has to be comfortable and confident with herself. And I want to be mindful of your time because I feel like this one could go really far. But another reason that I wanted to have you on the show is because I know that you followed a little of what's going on with Maureen and her national team. 
And um, what impact from the from the research that you've done? Um, and can you walk us through that a little bit? But in what ways do you think what has happened um, with the national team maybe has impacted a little bit of what we see with Marine now? I mean, I think it was a pretty pretty noticeable impact. I think it's because of the movement. I mean, I don't know if if that's correct, but when you think about Courtney Vandersloot and when you think of Sabrina and how they shoot, it's a lot of, there's a lot of catch and shoot. There's a lot of stationary shooting. Um, there isn't like this constant movement. Like Marine's game is very fluid. It like, she sort of flows around like water. Like, um, I'm trying to think there's some sort of, there must be some sort of superhero in some comic book where it's like this <laughs> hero that sort of just like yeah. flows around. Um, yeah, it's like Tai Chi basketball, right? You know, <laughs> it's like, um, I love the fluidity. I think you're absolutely right. With that fluidity, though, the sharpness and the hardness that quite honestly, Vandersloot and even Sabrina bring, because I think what we've seen against uh, Sabrina Ionescu versus Kelsey Plum, particularly Plum guarding Ionescu, is that we forget how strong Sabrina is. She has a very strong lower body in particular, yep. um, and she anchors herself very well. Um, and where I don't think her first step is as fluid um, as Marine, and I don't think it's as quick as Courtney Vandersloot, she makes that up in how she can anchor her body. Um, and there's more start stop, right? To Sabrina, it literally, like you'll see her start stop. Um, but that's effective for her, her movement. That's not Marine's movement. Yep. And so if a screen isn't going to allow her to completely clear yep. and give her that space, that's going to impact the decisions from my vantage point that will impact the decisions that Marine makes. Is she confident if she's bumped either by a teammate or by the defense, is she going to feel confident to shoot that ball? I would argue that she's more likely to, if any contact is made to look to pass than to shoot because of, like you said, the motion that she brings. Absolutely. And I think she's also getting a sense of when, so it's, it's the Liberty players and Stewie and, and Kayla Thornton giving a little bit in their screening, but it's also about Maureen looking at how Stewie moves and thinking, okay, Stewie is, is going to sort of yes. flip the screen in this way. Let's pick and pop Correct. here. So Maureen is giving as well. And it's interesting because there's a, there's a play in particular that I remember from that Minnesota game where Marine did not get enough resistance off that screen or enough space. And what happened? She was switched on to Diamond Miller, 6'3 Diamond Miller. And it was like, oh, my God. And then you sort of look. Yeah. Retreat, retreat. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> but what happened against Vegas this week was, okay, and against Phoenix. All right. So then Marine is switched on to uh, or Brianna Turner was switched on to Marine. Kia Stokes switched on to Marine. These are two post players that are longer. You know, they, I think they're also 6'3", like Diamond Miller. But the difference was there was a little bit more space 
that she got following that switch. And so Maureen was able to exploit that because, okay, these are, these are slower players. I can sort of do a little step back. I can dribble to the side. I can fake this person out against Brianna Turner. There was, there was a wild play where Sandy Brondello, she did one of her big like fist pumps. And in the Phoenix game, what happened was Steph and Maureen went into the two player action, two player game. And what ends up happening is Turner and Tarasi switch. And so then you have, uh, Tarasi is, is guarding Dolson. Obviously it's like, oh, okay, Dolson is many inches taller than Tarasi. You know, Steph, <laughs> oh, stop. So what happens is Maureen passes it to Steph. Steph, what Steph does, she's, she's very instinctual when it comes to moving players around and how to collapse defenses. So Steph dribbles it a couple of times and she's making it seem like, okay, yes, I'm going to try to back down Diana Taurasi. Although that's not what she's actually thinking she's going to do. But she, she puts some penetration um, on potentially the, the block. She doesn't get there completely. But what ends up happening is Brianna Turner, you know, she starts to, to drift a little over to, to Dolson because, uh-oh, what's going to happen? Oh, so Maureen is just beyond the three-point line with much more space. And so Dolson sees that Turner is creeping toward her. Passes it back to Maureen. Maureen catches the ball, puts her feet on the ground, shoots immediately. Bang. Bang! And that is the beauty of the fluidity of Maureen Johannes. She's getting more awareness. I mean, again, Bonagelini has that as well. She plays a different role. She plays a more physical role on the Liberty than than Maureen Johannes. And that's what, and you know, we have this on our lineup that we've, that I have been, you know, somewhat effective in keeping us on task. But one of the questions then is what is the in-season evolution for Maureen Johannes? And for me, the in-season evolution, I don't think this year is forcing her to play on the ball more, forcing her to play that facilitation. That's maybe next season or the season after that with the Liberty. We, I think the Liberty have time. I don't think it's an immediate need, but it's intermediate for me. So the in-season adjustment that I would like to see Marine make, and some of it, as you said, has come through the screening, which I love that you mentioned that, but is to get more comfortable with the physical play that is inevitable not just in the WNBA, or you could argue the North American style, but is inevitable when you are a top two team <laughs> in the league. People are going to bump everyone on that Liberty roster off the ball as much as possible. And Marine's next evolution for me is being confident in her decision-making when she does attract a mismatch, when the other team is looking to trap. Um, and like you said, not every screen is going to be executed to perfection. So if she doesn't have that space, can Maureen Johannes at minimum 
uh, reset the offense as opposed to just try to get that ball out of her hands right away. And sometimes when you do that as a player, um, it's because you're like, I see something happening. This could lose us a possession. Let me get it to someone who I know can make the right decision. Marine has to find ways to be that player more often than not. And, and that is not because there aren't other players, but again, those other players, especially as we march towards the playoffs, they're going to be covered very effectively by defenses. And so, so Marine is going to have to just get a little more comfortable, a little bit more confident and being able to, um, and it's, it's crazy because her game is that fluidity, right? But maybe she has to learn a little more of that start-stop that Sabrina has, which I think, again, is a very aggressive kind of lurching motion comparative to the fluidity of Marine Johannes. And then you have Courtney Vandersloot that's somewhere in the middle. But what would you say, Jackie? What are some of the in-season adjustments that you've seen for Marine? And we've talked about that a little bit, but just to recap that, where, where have you seen the growth and what is next for her for this season for the New York Liberty? So I'll start with the latter first. I think the next thing for her is continue to play like she's a sixth woman of the year and or sixth player mm -hmm. of the year rather. And the sixth player of the year race is so strange um, but that's a whole mm. other discussion. But just this. I have to have you back to talk about that for, for award season. Oh, okay. <laughs> but just this, this mindset and this mentality of when she gets onto the floor, she is, she is going to wreck havoc. She is going to make Becky Hammond, like Becky Hammond's jaw drop. Like there was a meme on the internet where Marine shot, she, something Marine did over Kelsey Plum and you could see Becky Hammond in the background. She was just like, like Marine. She's like, have you seen the shots? I don't have a, I don't have defense for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, Becky has also called her lightning in a bottle, which is fun too. But, um, yeah. Marine needs to, to continue to sort of come off the bench with this mentality of, I'm going to make some things happen. I'm going to have fun. I'm going to play my game and my teammates are going to, they're going to trust me. It's her having that confidence to know that she belongs on this team. And I think starting with that commissioner's cup performance, I think she reminded herself. I think her teammates knew that she belonged, but I think she did. She was doubting that she didn't belong on this team. And so I think she reminded herself like, yo, this is me. This is who I am. This is what I'm going to do. And so what I would like for her to continue to do is to continue being herself and to continue being aggressive in her way while also being a good communicator on defense. Yes. There have been some fascinating plays that I saw in that Phoenix game where Maureen was communicating with some of her teammates defensively. There was a play where she and Benijah switched maybe twice and they both pointed. You could see Benijah goes to Marine. Okay, let's switch. Then they switch. Then Marine goes to Benijah. Okay, let's switch again. So Marine being aggressive and being confident, that also has to happen on the defensive end. And that also has to happen 
from, you know, she needs to, to communicate a little bit better. Part of the unfortunate thing with Steph Dolson being gone for so long is that Steph Dolson is a really good communicator on the floor. Maureen is this very humble, quiet human being. And you sort of see that happen during press conferences. She can't, she can't even admit to us that she had a great game. She's like, mm, I think I was okay. Yeah, I, I did okay. <laughs> I was okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and that's, you know, I think you might think, one might think that Marine is a little younger than she is, but I mean, her and Stewie, right, are they're about the same age. They're 28. Um, and so, yeah. And so what I think is fascinating is that we're really talking about um, Marine Johannes not just getting comfortable with the WNBA, not just getting comfortable with the New York Liberty, which are all things that I think will continue to be a part of her, her process, but Maureen has to be comfortable and confident with herself. And another reason that I wanted to have you on the show is because I know that you followed a little of what's going on with Maureen and her national team. And, um, what impact from the from the research that you've done um and can you walk us through that a little bit but in what ways do you think what has happened um with the national team maybe has impacted a little bit of what we see with marine now i mean i think it was a pretty pretty noticeable impact um i i think when she was put through a lot of emotional anguish and so i guess for listeners i should explain exactly what happened but essentially uh marine johannes has been very loyal to the french national team she has been a part of their program i think since she was a teenager and i before this eurobasket competition i don't think she has missed any event for them with the exception of if she had an injury and so she in the winter time she saw what was happening with the new york liberty she loved being coached by sandy brandello she loved playing alongside sabrina unescu and i think sabrina unescu in addition to steph sabrina unescu knows how to get the best out of maureen johannes she knows what buttons to push she knows what tough love to give her to get Maureen to be herself, which is something I would love to do more reporting on. But anyway, um, <laughs> and so she saw what was happening in the off season and she was like, oh man, like, I want to be a part of this. I want to be a part of this team that has people that I really love and Sandy and, and Sabrina and two people I really respect. And she loved her experience in 2022 and how well the Liberty took care of her. And so she was like, yeah, I, I want to come back. I want to come back. And I also want to be able to start the season with you guys and not have to come over so, so late. Um, she, she made that decision with her agent. Um, and the French Federation did not take well to that because usually what they have their athletes do is they have these very extensive training sessions after the French league going up right until Eurobasket. And so what they have always demanded out of their athletes is, okay, you finish the French league, then you're going to come and do national team training. 
straight through, and then we go to Eurobasket. Maureen didn't want to do that. She wanted to be able to put some of her roots down in Brooklyn. And she sort of said, she was like, listen, like, I will meet you all in, um, I think it was Slovenia. I will meet you all in Slovenia for the Eurobasket championship. But I would like to get my physicals done with the New York Liberty. I would like to get my apartment opened up and put some things in there. Because coming into a WNBA season, like Marine often has done in the past, in the middle, um, prior to right. prioritization days, is really chaotic. It's a really chaotic thing to do. And so it's like you can't even... She wanted to be able to get the playbook, get her physicals done, take a breath. And the French Federation didn't want that at all. And she even, along with the New York Liberty, they made an argument. They said, listen, like, she's going to be playing minutes. It's not like we're going to be resting her on the bench and she's not going to be in game shape. She will be ready for you guys. And they weren't having it either. And it really came down to a lack of respect for the WNBA and the type of prestigious league that it is. That is a whole other discourse to get into. But it was a really tough situation. I spoke to Steph Dolson about it, and Steph told me, yeah, I would get FaceTimes from Maureen while this was happening, while we didn't really know what was happening, because the French Federation had her on their roster for, like, pretty much right until the, the week before uh, their players reported for camp. So they were they were very stubborn about this. And then, of course, they pushed out false narratives to French media and saying that Marine did this without us knowing. That is not true. I can report that Marine was in discussions with the French Federation this winter about figuring out how she could go to New York while also playing in Eurobasket. So this was something that they they were well aware about, but they just didn't want to deal with it. They didn't want to deal with it, and they were incredibly stubborn. And what happened? Well, they, I mean, listen, they still finished in third in Eurobasket, but, um, and so what, what, what did that cause for Marine? It caused great sadness. It caused great, um, I guess, guilt, too. Um, and Sabrina Ionescu and Steph Dolson were both very aware of this. And Sabrina was very much so like, we are honored that she has decided that she wants to spend this time with us. And it just, so when you throw in all of that emotional anguish, you have that and then you think, okay, well, maybe things will be a little bit calmer here in New York. Not really, because you're sort of learning so many different new teammates and then your best friend and your confidant who knows how to play with you gets sidelined for almost two months. That's a lot of adversity just hitting you one by one by one by one. And so right. it's been hard. Yeah. And I will say that I have never spoke to Maureen about this situation. I've had limited engagement actually with Maureen Johannes. And so what I will say is that my perception of seeing her from a distance and even in practices and obviously on Zooms is that she could very well be an, an empath, right? 
um, someone who feels in big ways. Um, and there's a shyness also, there's a humility that she carries that is um, not necessarily what we're used to. There's, I think there's um, cultural differences between humility in the United States. <laughs> And anywhere else, but that's, you know, we'll leave that to the sociologists out there to detangle. But, but so there's that. And then there's, you know, a French humility and then just Marines French humility comparative to U.S. culture. And, and those are, are very different things that she's mining, she's navigating. Um, so then the question for you, Jackie, and I don't know how much you have a read on this, um, but I feel like there's an obvious question, as we know that the WNBA will be preparing for an Olympic year, and the Olympics are in Paris, France. And we know that Marine Johannes, you mentioned injury. Now she, if, I, if memory serves, the last, the World Cup, she did not compete because she was dealing with injury. We've seen now what she's been able to do with the New York Liberty, but again, all of this stuff with the French national team has been happening. Do you see a world, and, and I should add, this is a podcast for New York Liberty fans, but we have to also mention that Gabby Williams, again, that U.S. humility, U.S. born humility versus French humility, Gabby has been very vocal about her position and her opinion on prioritization for the WNBA and how that impacts players who are on national teams outside of uh, the U.S. And so there's just a lot going on. But do you see a path? Do you see a way where Marine Johannes um, will be a part of the the French team that, that could be fielded at the next Olympics, which will be in Paris? Um, I mean, it's really tough because the French have put out their, their, I'll call them feelers to the French media. And they've said, yes, we are putting out this rule that if you don't compete with us at, at Eurobasket, then you can't compete with us at the Olympics. I, I think after the French saw what the team was like without both Gabby and Marine, I, I would be shocked if their very um, stubborn approach to this isn't altered if they really want to medal um, at the Olympics that is hosted by them. Um, but, you know, it's it just, it's really hard to know. And it's also really hard to know what Marine is going to do when it comes to the French League. Not just the French Federation, but the French League is known for not really having a regard for prioritization at all. Um, we've noticed that the Turkish leagues have sort of bent their schedule a little bit. We've noticed that, um, obviously, the, the WBL in Australia, they their season is very conducive to prioritization. We're seeing a lot of WNBA pros sign contracts. Because it's shorter. It's, yep. Yeah, it's a more compact. Yep, and it gives mm -hmm. you a little bit more rest before training camp. It's really hard to know what Marine is going to do right now. Um, what I can report and what I can say is that there have been some discussions of where some other places that she can play besides in the French League that would allow her to play in the W. Or if the Olympics and the French uh, Federation's very intense preparation for the Olympics prevents her from even participating in the WNBA, 
the Liberty will still have her rights in 2025, um, I believe. I, I will have to check, but that is, I do not think she becomes an unrestricted free agent. I think she still becomes a restricted, but I will have to look at her hoop stats for that. You know, there is always the potential of, you know, bringing her back in, in 2025. And, and also what's interesting about that is Courtney Vandersloot signed a two-year deal with the Liberty. So that essentially means 2023 and 2024. And she will then be, what, 36, 37 by that time? So it, it's really oh, interesting yeah. because it sort of creates like this gap for Marine to sort of like step in and, and Sabrina Ionescu will be much more seasoned. I don't know. I could be thinking right. too far into the future, but I can say pretty confidently that the New York Liberty are going to do whatever it takes to make sure that Maureen Johannes is a part of their organization. Um, that doesn't necessarily mean in, in that doesn't necessarily mean in 2024. It could mean in 2025. Um, Maureen, yeah. so it's, yeah, I'm sorry. That it's just like so many. In, in a way, very unique circumstances coming to a head. Yeah. Prioritization is new. The New York Liberty are the new New York Liberty. Yeah. Um, you have the French hosting. So they're going to have a team. They're the hosts. They are entitled to a team regardless. And, and you have a player that arguably too, but definitely in Marine Johannes, who has caught the attention of the WNBA, of the US market, of the North American market. And is that a chance that you're willing to take? And so this might go beyond French basketball. I mean, I, I could, I, I'm not, I have no intel and I don't wanna be, you know, putting my tinfoil hat on. Let me put it this way. I can imagine a world knowing how sports business goes that there are a, there is a difference of opinion on Marine Johannes and the Olympics when it comes to the WNBA, the New York Liberty, uh, French basketball, and the governing and overseeing body of the Olympics in Paris. That's a lot for a player that we've already said, or that I have said, If I, I would not be surprised if she's self-identified as an empath. And we definitely know um, is a very humble, uh, shy player and does not, it doesn't even like to be asked about her accomplishments post-game. I can't imagine that she's going to be comfortable, certainly not publicly, and maybe not even at all, having these conversations with all of these different powers. And so you talked about her agent. I do think that her representation is going to have a lot of figuring out to do. But to me, Maureen Johannes is a very unique talent. I think she's still raw, and we've talked about why I don't think that she's floor general ready. But I do think there's a world that exists for the New York Liberty where she gets more minutes, and I would love to see that happen before the regular season ends. And we've started to see that trend. So that's the good news. But how all of this plays out, and you know, it's it's part of a larger conversation. Again, Gabby Williams has said what she has said about prioritization. We know that WNBA players for years have been on the record talking about the toil uh, that having to play year round takes on their body. Uh, obviously, Brittany Griner is an extreme example of some of the dangers 
that happen when you are playing in a country that is not your own. I mean, quite honestly, <laughs> again, we could go off. I certainly could go off on a tangent. You know, those are circumstances that unfortunately are not foreign to black women in the United States, let alone now in, in a country like Russia. So there's just so much at play. And it seems like all of that converges into what is Maureen Johannes and the New York Liberty. And that's not a position that she wants to be in, but it is an interesting one for us as people who report on the New York Liberty and discuss the New York Liberty to using a, a, a finite example, using Maureen Johannes as an example to talk about prioritization. I still have a lot of questions about what the U.S. is going to do when it comes to their preparation and prioritization and wanting to have an all-star game it's it's gonna be in phoenix next year and that's gonna be around the time and the new york or the new york the u.s team is one of the last teams to huddle up for camp and to leave for an olympic games to your point French Federation, I mean, China, that's another, I mean, Hanju is another player we could talk about, but these are federations that they essentially do what we see a lot in hockey on the women's side, and they call it centralization or residency, where they are together for months leading up to a big tournament. That's not conducive in my mind, I'm not a planner, so what do I know? But it, logic tells me that that's not conducive to playing in a WNBA season, certainly not for the whole season. Not going to be conducive if you want to participate in whatever is going to be the WNBA All-Star Weekend. So then your All-Stars are effectively U.S., primarily U.S., born players, right? Players who are not competing outside of the United States, maybe Canada, but I have to do some brushing up on where Canada even falls in their basketball team. But so now you have a situation where, again, like how is this going to impact the league moving forward? It's certainly going to impact next season. So I don't know. I feel like I've, I've gotten up on my soapbox and done my little tangent. It happens once every episode, but there's a lot. There's a lot going on, Jackie. So we're just going to have to have you back. But I really appreciate you walking us into the reporting that you've done on Marine Johannes. And so that leaves me uh, to ask you this, how can New York Liberty fans and just women's basketball fans keep up with what you have going on, Jackie? Yeah, so you can find me, I like to say the interwebs now because there's, you know, uh, X formerly right. so many as Twitter, there's threads, there's Instagram. I have the same handle everywhere. It's at classic. And then J Pal, so J, and then P O W, the like the first uh, syllable of my last name, with the the first letter of my first name, and I I write things in in many places. I write a lot at the next hoops about the New York Liberty in particular. Um, there's I've written in Slam, I've written in SI, and they have some stuff in Yahoo coming up. We will see. Um, and I host the Locked On Women's Basketball podcast. Uh, once every two weeks. So there's a cool episode I did with Michelle Smith about the history of WNBA rivalries. Check that out because there is a lot of New York Liberty, Las Vegas Aces discussion where we sort of get into how does this rivalry get from point A to point B, from budding ooh to yes, this is a rivalry. So that's my little promo there. 
there you go. All of the things. We'll make sure to have all of the links for, for Jackie's work in the show notes or at minimum where you can find her on the interwebs. Well, Jackie, thank you for this. We were able to get through a lot, including a conversation on Maureen Johannes, which we also broke up in case you don't want to listen to the entire episode, which why wouldn't you? But if you're here for all things MJ23, don't worry. We've got an episode slash video upload for you. But for Jackie Powell and for Brian Florentin, who's on vacation, so I wanted to give him a little bit of a rest, let him enjoy his time away. Uh, my name is Erica L. Ayala. I am your host right here of Gotta Get Up, a podcast for New York Liberty fans brought to you by Black Rosie Media, where we empower Black women and melanated creators in sports media. But cr truly, we empower all people that unfortunately have been underrepresented in sports media. So we're glad to have you with us for another week. It's going to be a rust week for the New York Liberty. Music